0: Hello. Uh, Hello.
1: <laughs> and see you come in.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought we were doing the intro. Yeah, I think we are. Okay. Well, I mean, but why was that so unexpected?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just very sudden.
0: Well anyway, welcome to uh Little Grey Cells, which is our Poro podcast. We are on episode five of season one. Mm. Uh it's the third floor flat. It is. Hmm. And we are without Tom Francis this evening because he is doing something else that I swear I was definitely listening to when in, he explained about it.
1: He's in Texas.
0: Sure. Why? He, no, he is. No, I mean, I, at... I was not believing you. I just, <laughs> I, it, yes. <laughs>
1: he's at Austin. Kate?
0: Adventure Alma. <laughs> One of the things. He's
1: at a thing. Is it a thing.
0: Now I remember him saying all of these words, but I... <laughs> yeah.
1: Who so... knows? <laughs> He'll be back soon, we think. Sorry. <laughs> he might not. We don't know.
0: He probably will. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Let's go on to more definite topics, mm. like who we do have in the room. Yes. That's me, Philippa Watt, and you...
1: Chris Thurston. <laughs> Thanks. Good. <laughs> You're welcome.
0: <laughs> and so, um... This is an episode from Poirot. <laughs> I need a biscuit so badly.
1: <laughs> How's that biscuit withdrawal treating you today, Pip?
0: Oh, I decided to cut back on sugar and I am like the least okay with this that I have been since it started approximately seven hours ago. <laughs> anyway. It's been a
1: long afternoon.
0: <gasps> so we open on... Someone moving in to Poirot's mm. block of flats, uh, Whitehaven Mansions. Yeah. In case people did not know.
1: The third floor flat, it's not just any third floor flat. Well, no, it is. It is did. the third floor flat in Poirot's. Not only
0: is it the third floor flat in his block of flats, it is two directly below him. He is on the fifth floor.
1: Which we, yeah, we should, which uh, we should find out during an amazing sequence. Yes. Very shortly. But, yes, so there's two gentlemen delivering a big old desk. Yes. In a kind of to-me-to-you type fashion.
0: Yes, they're they're trying not to scuff it on the walls or something. Mm. And uh, there's a a lady in the street just sort of observing this. She's Mm. sort of framing device yeah she'll come back for some reason she just (laughs) Just, stands
1: on the same street corner all night
0: just to sort of make observations at Mm. various points anyway um, so yes uh, this is all to underline the fact that a newcomer is in the building and then the camera sort of pans up from her signing for this desk past two ladies doing amazing amounts of ballroom dancing for no They're just
1: waltzing in the afternoon, as two (laughs) young women in London in the 30s might be expected to do of a Tuesday.
0: Well, indeed. But then we continue panning up and we find... Poirot under a towel at his desk, <laughs> inhaling Sniffly a Hercule. cold remedy.
1: Hmm. <laughs> it's amazing how un he looks when he's disheveled.
0: Oh, he's all fluffy-haired and red-faced, and he's so cranky about it all, he might as well have a cone. A <laughs> little cone he,
1: of he, uh, believes that he's ill because he hasn't had a case for three and a half weeks.
0: Yeah, I think he it- thinks that he's dying from lack of mental activity. Yeah,
1: his little grey cells cannot be neglected for this long.
0: No, and Miss Lemon thinks he's got a cold and should probably just have a little inhalant bath thing. Yeah. <laughs> so... And who can who who's to say which of the two of them is correct?
1: He is really milking it
0: oh he is he's like me
1: yeah <laughs> is there, is this point we we cut back to the the lady who's just moved in as she listens to the endless ballroom dancing yeah <laughs> coming through the ceiling with well, a, she
0: leaves a, like a little a little note under the door yeah, saying, I, come I, and see me. <laughs> I assumed she was
1: going to go upstairs to say, keep it, keep down. it down <laughs> mm. It's two in the afternoon quite enough waltzing.
0: I don't know, <clears throat> who objects to waltzing at two in the afternoon, Someone in the, in the morning, th- sure. Someone in the thirties. I suppose.
1: When
0: um, I, mean, I say this as somebody who would definitely object <laughs> to all of this. I will say though, right, so yeah. if it's loud enough that you can hear it a floor away, why is Poirot not freaking out? Because he would hate this nonsense.
1: Well, in he would hate other- it if he didn't quite like the lady downstairs. <gasps> Which we'll get to. But in but he-
0: any other episode, the entire thrust of it wouldn't be he's ill, therefore, whatever. It would be his ongoing war of attrition with a noisy neighbor, right? Mm,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: But apparently he does not have a problem with this because he's maybe too busy nursing his head cold. Mm. Or- slash absolute killer flu.
1: Some pyrophysics here. Waltzing only travels down.
0: Oh, Maybe. Yeah, maybe it only travels through the floor. Yeah, indeed. Of- it
1: sinks. It's heavier than air. Mm, yes. I don't understand how that works.
0: Well, n- I, n- no. <laughs> no, indeed. So,
1: um, so she delivers a letter.
0: Ernestine Grant delivers a letter. Mm, fabulous name. Yes, indeed. To one of the waltzers.
1: One of the waltzers whose name is
0: Patricia Matthews. Yeah. The other one being Mildred, someone or other. Yeah, indeed.
1: <laughs> That'll never matter. <laughs> Her name will never matter. Sorry, Mildred. Oh, um, poor Mildred. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, she doesn't. She, she opens the letter and just says, "Please let me know a convenient time when you can come and see me." Mm. But otherwise, it doesn't say any, what about? You presume it's because of the midday waltzing, but. Yes. We'll get there. I mean,
0: any reasonable person would make that (laughs) assumption.
1: (laughs) Yes, quite.
0: And then Poirot makes the saddest trip to the post box ever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's really gotten bundled up to walk.
0: Five feet.
1: Yeah, 15 feet to the post box down the way. He looks like, I thought this one, when he comes up, he's in his big grey coat with the collar up and his hat and his huge scarf. Mm. He looks like... The, the sad penguin that wanders off alone into the arctic to die from that, uh, is it a Werner Herzog thing? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He he, he really powerfully, like, I just expected that voiceover to kick in. Like, you know, alone amongst his species, this penguin knows mania.
0: It's basically a coat-based cone of shame. It is, yeah. It's not having a good time. But
1: toot, toot, who's here?
0: Oh, it's the honk of the Hastings.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who toots from across the street in his very, very lovely car.
0: Still got the same car. He does. Which, you know, that's that's a thing that's ongoing. This is some continuity that's happening right now and... Poirot is most put out, that uh, that anyone would try and give him a heart attack as well as a terrible killer disease. Yeah.
1: He then blames Hastings' car for making him cold.
0: <laughs> he also... Um, doesn't he say something like, when you are approaching the end as I am, you see things differently. Yeah. When he's sort of, like, at his most dramatic he, towards he, Hastings. He, Hastings just wants to go to the theatre. <laughs> yes. Hastings
1: thinks a trip to the theatre to see a murder mystery will cheer Poirot right up.
0: Do you remember what it's called?
1: no it's
0: the deadly shroud mm. which as names for things go I mean it's I didn't I, it,
1: so from what little we see of this play I didn't see the shroud
0: was she like the person that was killed was not killed by a shroud she was poisoned she was killed by some sherry yeah so <laughs> I mean fine yeah anyway. anyway that's splitting
1: a hair within the hair um <laughs> But yeah, so uh, Pyro is not not keen. He doesn't think a, he doesn't think a, a theatrical murder mystery would ever compete with the real adventures of Hercule Poirot, and he says it basically in those terms.
0: So Hastings says, "I bet." Yeah, I bet you ten pounds that you will not be able to solve this. Therefore, cut to theatre. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and now he's in.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, we watched some amazing acting.
1: So this entire cast of the play within the show might. Be all collectively extra of the, the week
0: plays the thing in which to catch the conscience of the king.
1: Indeed, or at least momentarily distract the manic pixie dream detective.
0: Well, although there was a certain element of like you know, um, f- foreposting, foreshadowing.
1: That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> Foreposter bedding.
0: Signposting or foreshadowing <laughs> is where I was going with that.
1: Um, is it?
0: Well. Well, mm, I thought I think it makes a kind of snidey commentary about like murder mysteries where just something that the audience has never seen, hide nor hair of, is part of the solution.
1: Mm. Like, that is true of this episode. I thought that might be even deliberate. See, is that- this
0: is that's the thing. Is like, there's that's a kind of like. It's snide in the sense of, like, that's how Poirot takes... Or, like, he's being snippy about mm. it. But then, like, I think it's... You know, like, there's there's a bit of mirroring, which is what dumb shows and things tend to get used for within.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Thanks. Well, I guess what I'm saying is, because <laughs> we're skipping to the end a little bit there with of the of that show, because um, Poirot, in the interval, writes down who he thinks it is on, mm. and on a little piece of paper. He's and, very
0: smug about he's it. He's very
1: smug about it and gives it to Hastings. During the interval, he also sees... The lady from downstairs,
0: Miss Matthews, Miss
1: Matthews, with her waltzing partner Mildred, mm. and two members of the Bullingdon Club,
0: <laughs>
1: Jimmy and Donovan, Donovan, Donovan. Mm. Dimmy, Dimmy, and Johnovan, oh and um, or known also known as David Cameron One and David Cameron Two. Oh, <laughs> mm. anyway, um, yeah, um, and. Um,
0: but then, like, that's more just like a, oh, there are the two people who we happen to know from all of this nonsense. Yes. Anyway, back to the, yeah. you Yeah, know,
1: but I just I thought about we pointing out because Par was very taken with.
0: Oh, for sure. Like, and Miss Matthews is there in a sort of red satin dress and sort of, you know, being very much the object of people's attention and affection and things. Mm. And
1: Including Hercule. Yeah,
0: he's kind of looking over in an indulgent kind of avuncular because of like i think he has a very real sense of it, it it isn't quite a kind of if i were 20 years younger it is more of a kind of indulgent sort of oh young people you know yeah kind of thing like going something on. that struck
1: me about paro as a character when we started watching and when we started watching it uh, i mean as before we did the series and when we were watching later episodes his sort of fondness, never like, uh, you know, not like creepy, but like his his genuine fondness for usually young women in a given situation mm. does come out in quite a lot of later mysteries. And this is one of the first times I've seen it.
0: I think he does have a weakness for like a pretty girl or mm. like a... But like it, yeah, it doesn't manifest in that creepy way particularly. But I mean, obviously there's like something, I mean, deeply unwoke yeah. about <laughs> it. But- we
1: are going to see... A different side to Poirot oh. in this episode in a few different ways. So yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway,
0: so then, but then we do go back to the 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 denouement of the play and mm. then, um, the second act and everything, and, and Poirot is just looking more and more horrified as. The uh, reasoning for everything unfolds and it's, oh, you know, and by the way, there was just some person from some other country that we've never heard of, or, you know, like the son of this person. Yeah, it
1: it all, it all hinges on the fact that one character was a different character's son. Mm. And we'd never been told that. So mm. you couldn't possibly have figured it out. Incidentally, the detective.
0: is very guilty of this sometimes. Exactly.
1: It, it, it happens in this episode. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, the inspector, it also occurred to me, Mike looks and talks a bit like Jap. Mm. So, sort of, maybe Pyro was annoyed at being upstaged by even a fictional version.
0: (laughs) Well, this is the thing because, like, I'd forgotten how this one ended for most of the period of time. Mm. So when I was like, I'm mostly talking about it from what I've noted down, which is sort of still in that kind of like, hang on, but isn't that what Poirot does? And I couldn't work out at the mo- at that moment whether it was meant to be like an in-joke or whether it was meant to be a sort of, but, you know, but mm. we don't do that, kind of like having a dig at other things. And I'd actually be interested to go back and read the short story because I'd like to see sort of how much of that is actually in there, you know? Mm.
1: I think it's, I think it's a, a self-referential and self-deprecating joke. Because-, well,
0: because I can't remember how much of that sort of thing is necessarily in the books because I think it happens more in the TV show because, like, um, you can't necessarily have that sort of narrator's voice that accidentally reveals things or positions clues in a certain way or uses language in a very particular mm. way. Like, I think that you, um, on... In a dramatization, you might actually end up far more prone to having odd things turn up unless you have such obvious devices as the, you know, 40-year-old, 20-year-old or, you know, yeah, people yeah. in the worst disguises in the universe. Mm. So it's kind of, I I would be interested to go back and reread Poirot's and actually try and challenge myself to solve them as I go and mm. see how much is actually possible.
1: Yeah. I think there's um there's sort of, there's a lot of, I think, very deliberately comic framing in this episode mm. of, of characters, particularly Pyro and Hastings, but like, it's not, you know, it's not like this would be the only island of w- just witty framing in mm. the show. If, it, you know, I think it's not necessarily reading too much into it to say that this is them having a bit of fun.
0: It is a tonally kind of interesting episode, isn't it? Because mm. it, it has these moments of being sort of arch or self-referential or witty or, um, playing around with form right Mm. but then it also just has moments of sheer sort of absurd slapsticky kind of
1: yeah yeah we should yeah we should crack on because there's loads of it basically
0: (laughs) (laughs) so anyway yeah um owes Hastings, a tenor, and mm. starts being not only dramatic about his cold, but also just about his future in general. As a... he has to retire now forever, mysteries because yeah, he has to h- retire forever because he got the thing wrong in the play and couldn't look as smug as he wanted to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's having a real time. He so is thank a right God. Time a He's going to get something to do very soon.
0: Oh, I know, right? Because not only is Poirot back from the play with Hastings, but Ms. Matthews is back from the play with Donovan, Jimmy and Mildred. Mm. Mm.
1: However, she she can't find a key to her flat.
0: But it's all japes. It's all bants. (laughs) It's all absolute bants as she and Mildred settle in on the stairs to sing a rousing rendition of life is a bowl of cherries yep. as uh the boys shimmy up the service elevator to <laughs> that's not a euphemism her own flat. yeah
1: so is it, donovan has the idea of using the the dumb waiter to
0: it's not a dumb waiter it's where they well i mean maybe it started off as one but it's where they now put like the dust bits yeah, and things it's the
1: dumbest waiter yeah so
0: um, it's, yeah it's the service the,
1: the shoot yeah yeah a, a, a narrow lifty chute. Mm. Um, to climb into her flat which uh interrupts paro writing a check for Hastings in their kitchen as they hear the squeak, squeak, squeak <laughs> of the telltale banter Hard. lift. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um and they peek into the lift the lift shaft and to see just two lads ladding it up. Yeah. Climbing up the shaft. But they can't be burglars, Paro
0: surmises because they're too they're dressed for the theater (laughs)
1: indeed
0: (laughs) that's not how burglars
1: do (laughs) quite Mm.
0: so um so hastings and poirot just sort of watch this unfold from poirot's kitchen and Mm. uh then sort of poke their heads outside to figure out you know whether someone lower down you know like i think they're just sort of being curious Mm. about it and Poirot sort of sees the singing ladies on the stairs and they sort of both look down in a kind of fond and also mm, slightly creepy way yeah, <laughs> way. Um, and kind of figure, Oh, well there's, you know, that's an end to it. They've, you know, they're, they're, there's young people, japes afoot. Yes. I think.
1: Meanwhile, Jimmy and Donovan, um, Enter the flat and it's dark. They don't see where they're going. And they go through the dark kitchen into the dark.
0: Well, the kitchen light doesn't work, says Donovan. Uh, Mm. And that is why they end up in the the sitting room where they realise they are actually on the wrong floor. They did not (laughs) hoist themselves up far enough. They thought they were there and they were not.
1: They were a floor too low. Mm -hmm. Indeed, in the third floor flat. 36B where they uh, snap on the door have a bit of a giggle a bit of kind of like oh, ho, ho, we're in the wrong house bounce 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 I hear
0: some snoring that's hilarious yeah mm.
1: this actually happened to me once
0: oh yeah it did didn't it I walked
1: into a complete uh, I got uh I'm just digression here to tell a story uh, I went back I was extremely drunk and got lost in London and got back to the, my mate's flat where I was staying supposed to be staying at, at about 7 in the morning and uh, rang the doorbell and kept ringing the doorbell kept ringing the doorbell and I couldn't you know, rouse him so I could get into his flat. And then eventually Buzzer went and I was let in and I went upstairs and I walked in. And I was like, This looks really familiar but really wrong at the same time and I couldn't tell if it was me or them. And the no one was there and I just looked at the letter on the on the thing and it was just for a completely different person. <laughs> so I just left very quietly, went next door to the right block of flats. Oh, and got back in immediately. <laughs> It was real weird. and So
0: they must have, what, just assumed that a flatmate had forgotten their key and buzzed yep. you in or something? Yep.
1: And they'll never know.
0: Oh, God.
1: Luckily, I didn't find a body, which is what happens to, uh, to Donovan, Donovan and Jimmy. And Jimmy. But, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah, they see legs, it's like, you know, just stretched out from behind some packing crates, which, you know, and, doesn't yeah. bode well, does it? It's...
1: Word, or whatever her name is. Ernestine. Ernestine, <laughs> <laughs> and she's dead.
0: <laughs> Word. I don't know. You're not good with the kind of
1: old timey names. Trends. I went about a thousand naming, years too early, there.
0: Obviously. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, and also possibly. Isn't that the sort of name you'd expect maybe for a king, a Saxon king? It depends.
1: E- Eth probably not. Aeth yes. Anyway. Anyway. Um. The um. <laughs> The, yes, yeah, so, uh, she's been shot.
0: Ernestine's carked it.
1: She's, <laughs> she's carked it from bullets. Mm-hmm. And she's dead now. Yeah, de- most unfortunate, Most unforge. Uh, no one it. seems that arsed, may well, I say. <laughs> I mean,
0: it's more that they seem to be thinking, well, this is a dampener on the evening that we now have to figure yeah, out what it- to do. I mean, we're, we're in a place we're not supposed to be in. Someone's snoring. There are definitely fewer bants than there were five <laughs> minutes ago.
1: <laughs> it's, 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 a real mood killer. Mm. Like so the 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 lads head upstairs and say girls girls we've found a corpse which pyro hears from up the stairs and he goes down and introduces himself and Jimmy's very excited to meet her kill pyro particularly <laughs> in such exciting circumstances. Um and they enter uh Ernestine's flat got that right right. Mm. Yeah. Um and hear the snoring and just poke their head in on the sleeping maid.
0: Yeah, they're all just, like, there. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, you yeah. how terrified you'd be if you woke up and your yeah. house was full so of like men in tuxes.
0: And your mistress is dead. You know, it's like, you're not going to have the most charitable response to all of that. No, It's like, you know, this this group of young ne'er-do-wells and Poirot and Hastings. Just, you know, which one of you did my mistress in, mates?
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm. So, um... And so what the thing I love about this is obviously is so Pyro takes in the scene and they obviously call the police because the next shot well actually there's a shot of of Inspector Jap arriving. Mm. Um where the the camera pans over from my other contestant for extra of the week mm. um who is just the Monopoly man <laughs> who has just stood there at midnight on a street corner opposite Pyro's house. It's he's never referred to again, he doesn't say anything, he's just there. Just little cameo appearance, <laughs> big old hat, little metal dog. There's no little metal dog. I, that's an embellishment.
0: Okay. I was um, gonna say I think I missed that. I might have been thinking about biscuits.
1: Mm. Mm. Um but yeah, cut two, uh but, what's her name's flat.
0: Well Poirot's already perked up a lot and he's somehow found someone to make him breakfast slash dinner, has slash he? Slash
1: midnight. It's it's like midnight, that, right at this point, right?
0: Yeah, like he's just tucking in.
1: Yeah, so they're in the back in that they are now in the right flat, the fourth they're floor
0: in flat. Ms. Matthews, yeah, flat, right? and she is
1: still in her evening dress. Is he's,
0: somehow like making Poirot a full English or something.
1: Over a stove. I don't know what he's eating.
0: I don't know, but he wants more bread. Mm. He's suddenly like the cold is second, second fiddle. Yeah,
1: they're all, all of them, all four of them and, and Hastings and Poirot are around this little table. Actually, I don't think Hastings is there. Um, I think Hastings is somewhere else at this point. And, um, he's, he's the only person eating. They're all drinking. <laughs> and he tells a little story about how when he was a young man, he, I had a relationship with a English, a young English woman who looked just like, uh, Miss Matthews. Pat. Pat. Pat Matt. Pat Matt. <laughs> just like Pat Matt, except Poirot observes drolly, she couldn't cook. <laughs> and therefore the relationship was doomed. Okay. Which is like, we, we are getting, there's quite, there's a, we're definitely getting Poirot after dark in this episode. Of oh, We do see a bit of the, like, the midnight Hercule, I would suggest. <laughs> Which will become more clear as time goes on. Oh, um,
0: yeah, maybe it's the cold medicine. Maybe Miss Lemon's just been slipping <laughs> extra kind of like things into his into his inhalant bath. Thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so what happens next? Is it this? Room?
0: Well, because um, I can't remember whether the the blood on the sleeve happens before or after that. But basically, they figure out that uh, Ernestine was shot at the table because there's blood on the table when right, someone yeah. gets their on the red tablecloth. Um, but then, yeah, Jap arrives. That's the point where he's like, Mm. he enters into the, to the scene and starts like looking around. Um, I think he's already examined her flat, um, because he says that there was like a, a thing, like a a monogrammed, uh, handkerchief Mm. and, um, a letter. Yeah. He says that that that... imply someone called John Fraser.
1: Yeah. He says that Pyro is definitely not needed. (laughs) is <laughs> the kind of point you can't go to Boris to tell him, like, you're not going to be needed because there's a, there's a letter from, there's a monogrammed handkerchief that's been left on the floor by from JB and there's a letter from no, JF and there's yeah. a letter from Jonathan F- Fraser...
0: Like, I think it's just from someone called Fraser and then, so he surmises, probably called John.
1: Yeah, He just guesses. So, um, and- this is
0: some sterling detective work from Jap, not at all making himself obsolete as a result of last week's <laughs> concerns on forensic science.
1: Yeah, and equally, it's it's about the same amount of leap as it is where, you know, as in The Adventure of Johnny Waverley, where it's just like, the boy's probably in London, I'm going to London. <laughs> this man's probably called John. I'm just going to find a man called John. That'll do.
0: He's just remembering that there are people called John that he's met recently. Yeah,
1: indeed. <laughs> um, it's, it's 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 late. He wants to knock off early. He's just going to arrest the next man called John he finds and call it a night.
0: But then um, Poirot's all had the body. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> and uh, I don't think there is a satisfactory answer to that at this point. Uh, no. But although the maid is, you know... Um, then I think temporarily distracts people by requesting that she can take her leave mm. and go stay with her sister. Yes. Because obviously, why wouldn't you? You don't really want to stay with the box of a dead lady's things and a lot of blood on a table.
1: Indeed. Mm. Um, at this point, um, Paro sort of asks Japp, is it would it be okay <laughs> if I took a look in, in the apartment? No, I don't always German now. But, no, know, okay. Can I have a look? look look. and he does a little look and the oh he he
0: gets really like flirty slash squirrelly it's
1: so this this look which someone needs to give is is the definition of manic pixie dream detective like he encapsulates it all it's this sort of like who me little poor little power have the look i don't know what i'll find but maybe i'll find something
0: it's like, oh, just indulge me i'm just harmless and little and oh i don't know what accent that is because no. i can't do accents and this has been established for years but um anyway so yeah he he spends a good minute making those twitchy flirty faces at Jack. <laughs> yeah and finally just go off oh, god just go in yeah do you like whatever <laughs> So, yeah, and then uh, – so he finally gets his way and mm. – uh, So yeah. there's, there's a
1: sort of a weird cut here because it cuts to Donovan uh, talking to Pat mm. in her – she's sitting by the window shivering, kind of uh, affected by the death of the woman who lives downstairs from her, as you might expect. And well, he's
0: also, Ernestine's only moved in that morning. Mm. Um yeah, so like, what, uh, you, you do feel for her? She's not having a great experience of this flat, you know. No, you know, she she, she moved in and then moved she got out blood, of this life. She,
1: she got blood all over a table as well. She's probably lost the deposit.
0: Probably, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Like, and and but anyway, so and Donovan sort of stands imperiously over her and says, "Well, we'll have you know." And she, because she says something like there's lots of great like very Britishisms in this and then she's like we're having such a lovely evening
0: <laughs> well hang on is this the point where he decides to start ferreting around in the bins
1: no 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 this is this is what I was talking about is the weird leap because ah, so okay. because Donovan's up there with her right and he says you know he puts his hand on her arm in a kind of creepy way and says but we'll have many lovely evenings to come and that's that's the that's the line that establishes that those two are together which is not has not previously established other than the oh, fact okay. they're going to the theatre together um, at this point, however, uh, Poirot enters, uh, Ernestine's flat with Hastings, Jimmy and Donovan. So mm. Donovan goes from comforting Patricia to Patma accompanying, uh, accompanying Poirot in his new investigation, his second investigation into this flat. Mm. Mm. This is when Poirot starts going through the bins.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And this is where we see probably the most elaborate, this is probably the first actual, like, action sequence in Poirot but it's an extremely Poirot action sequence
0: with sort of action but only in the sense of he can do some street magic yeah it is a basically a, a street magic slash entrapment scenario <laughs> yeah
1: slash assault
0: oh yeah no it is yeah mm. um,
1: so, so we, I, yeah. I honestly think this is like we see in this episode we're going to see both Poirot and Hastings do their special tricks mm. and this is this is Poirot's uh, so he he takes the, the lads into the kitchen. Yeah. And establishes the kitchen light works fine. I think they may have already established that the kitchen light works completely fine. Mm. Which
0: Oh, the maid said, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because when she dropped off the post at the last post. Mm. That was her function, was explaining that the post did indeed get delivered at 9pm.
1: Yeah, which is actually quite a lot like the previous episode mm. where the evening post is also yeah key pot beat. Mm. Um,
0: We don't have that anymore.
1: No, we don't. It's called email now. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I tried.
1: Um, so Poirot goes, Uh, he sort of goes, well, you know, something's missing. He goes to rummage through the bin.
0: Mm. He loves a good bin rummage. He
1: does love a good bin rummage. Mm. And Poirot, uh, Hastings looks disgusted, like, Parro, you're... You're out of the bins, Poirot. Maybe there's a raccoon man.
0: But this is what I'm saying about like every time Poirot does something unseemly, that's that's the key difference between him and Hastings. Like Hastings mm. is very much like, "But we do not go through the bins." This is England. And and Poirot's like, "Yeah, but bins, bins are where you find great stuff, like this bottle."
1: So Poirot withdraws a kind of blue, what looks like a poisonous bottle, from the bin, and it makes it look like he's going to smell the cork. And goes, I'm sorry, I have a cold. And gives it to Donovan. And Donovan sniffs it and doesn't smell anything. So he takes the lid off. Mm. And, H- and Paro waits an extremely long time before going, <laughs> oh no, don't take the lid off and smell it. By which point Donovan has already chloroformed himself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I think it's called ethyl chloride. I'll be interested mm. to, I should probably look up whether that is chloroform or whether mm. that's like. It must be related though, right? Uh, yeah. But I I'm just interested as to whether that is actually the yeah the either the chemical name or an older term for it yeah um but anyway yeah so essentially he's like does this smell like ether to you and
1: (laughs) the answer is yes the
0: answer is not only yes but also oh god hastings you're gonna need to help this man lie down (laughs) (laughs) because he's properly conked himself out yeah
1: so uh, pyro sends jimmy off to uh get some brandy
0: oh yeah he does doesn't he
1: and um and then Donovan kinda of comes to and, uh, Aparo starts acting real weird. He starts like, um, he sort of, uh, you know.
0: Oh, he is he, so pleased with so himself. He's so pleased with himself.
1: He tells, he tells Hastings to get Donovan upstairs and maybe make him some coffee, but take a care of his health. And he gives Hastings a look. And then
0: A look that implies to me later on in the episode that he didn't do anywhere near as much explaining to Hastings of what was about to happen yeah. as he should have done yes. for, this, for this to have actually worked in a way that isn't massively complicated and takes up <laughs> the entirety of the rest of the episode.
1: So Pyro then starts sort of almost sinisterly cleaning the brandy glass and Jimmy asks him, probably rightly, like, you know, what's going on? Mm. Mr. Pyro. And, uh, Twitchy says, what does he say? Like... i I know everything i
0: yeah i I, i've solved it essentially and i wondered whether that was like obviously i think that's a callback to the play because the play is about this the sherry being poisoned right yeah yeah. so and the fact that poirot is like now cleaning a brandy glass and announcing that he he has solved this thing that no one has enough pieces to actually have solved yet yeah yeah Uh, themselves like watching from home that's the point at which it tips over into this must be deliberate like Yeah, yeah they're properly having fun with it so, anyway, yeah, so he's just like, yeah, know everything. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. So solved we, it.
1: We, <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> so we get Poirot's, we get, instead of like an end of the episode confrontation y kind of thing, really, we get Paro explaining what he's just done to Jimmy.
0: But he strings out the denouement for so long he must be so pleased he's so pleased this with cold himself. is over
1: and, he's, and yeah because he's, he's visibly getting better as well with the, the more shenanigans he gets up to
0: he's forgotten to fake his really bad stuffed nose yeah. and you know all of that stuff he's stopped like bundling himself up in all manner of coats and scarves and now he's just properly settled into let me show you a thing or two Jimmy
1: and so but rather creepily he says to Jimmy like before I explain answer answer a question are you in love? With Patricia Matthews, and and Jimmy again. This is another fabulous moment in British aristocracy. He says like, well, I you know I care the devil about Pat, but uh, you no, know, cares about yeah,
0: her damnably.
1: I care about her damnably, but she's engaged to Donovan. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, so but oh. so what did Poirot do?
0: So well, so Poirot essentially planted that bottle of anesthetic ether. Yeah. ether or chloroform or you know whatever um in the bin and then essentially knocked someone out so that he could frisk them without a warrant yep. and pickpocketed uh i believe it was a letter and a key mm.
1: from it was. Jonathan. it wasn't the letter it was just the key because ah, okay. Donovan has to go back for the letter later,
0: but I thought he took he took it from Thingy's pocket and then leaves it on Ernestine Grant's table because that's oh, the entire reason that they went. Into yes, you
1: you you are right. Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he finds the key to Patricia's flat. Yeah, because
0: is, Donovan stole it so that they would then have to break in
1: via the mini lift shaft thing. Yeah. Um. So. And he, so he reveals that <laughs> and he also, t- he says to Jimmy, you know, well, you might like her and she might be engaged to Donovan, but she's going to need you pretty soon implicitly because he's going to hang for murder. <laughs>
0: God, I know. It's basically, it's so creepy. It's like, why don't you take advantage of this woman's grief to really <laughs> just sort of There's get so- in there?
1: <laughs> There's a, yeah. It's sort of uncomfortable between like, you're in there, my son, and comfort her, she'll need a friend, because she's, you know what I mean? Like, there's an element where, you, if you really want to interpret Pyro charitably, it would be, she's going to need a friend and an ally, because she's going to be kind of drawn into this scandal. Mm-hmm. But it does come across as a bit like... But otherwise, like,
0: it's the most predatory matchmaking.
1: Yeah, no, don't get Pyro to stay I, up on a blind date.
0: No, because uh, someone's going to die.
1: Yeah, so the... Yes, so...
0: But anyway, so he starts talking Jimmy through this kind of one-person reveal, which is actually quite not not Poirot's thing. He usually loves an audience, so he he's like it bigger, yeah. sort of a fan of gathering every single person in that building, whether they had anything to do with it or not, into a room, just so that he could be clever at everyone at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he starts talking to Jimmy and starts, like, walking him through the thought processes. So... The idea that Ernestine was found behind some crates, it's like, but why would you hide the body, right? Mm. Like, what's that for? And it's so, you know, I think it was essentially so that the maid didn't see her when she came in because she just assumes that she's still out or something. Mm. Um, And the, the reason that you might want to pretend that the the light in the kitchen isn't working and he sort of walks him through that and it's because well if you had the light on in the kitchen jimmy would have known that they were in the wrong flat so there would be no reason to go through to the sitting room and the entire reason to go through to the sitting room and then have all of this palaver of discovering the body is so that it gives Jimmy, t- uh, Donovan rather, time to go through the post that has now been delivered mm. um and find the thing that he wanted to find. Mm. Hence the letter that Poirot stole from his unconscious body.
1: Yep. And the reason <sighs> that he couldn't have got that letter when he killed Ernestine is because the evening post hadn't been delivered yet which is why he had to contrive a way to get back later in the evening. He's done it, Paro. He's wrapped it all up.
0: Well, except that then there's a massive scream from Hastings in the, um, yeah. in the stairwell. So
1: Hastings... Hast- <laughs> so Paro's superpower, we've discovered, is just straight up poisoning people when he needs something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, hey. he commits crimes that he's just going to be able to get away with because someone else was worse.
1: Yeah. Hastings superpower, we discovered is largely ineffectual shouting. Mm, <laughs> so yes. he bellowed, Hastings bellows Paro mm. and they rush out into the corridor because Donovan
0: has made a dash for it. Yeah.
1: And both uh Paro Jimmy, a random Bobby and <laughs> and Hastings look as the elevator for the building starts to extremely slowly descend. Yeah. Also, it's a cage lift so you can see through the bars. Mm. It doesn't stop them from realizing no one's in it. Mm. Um and uh
0: well i think you because you can only see through those from the front right it's where the grill gets like pulled across it yeah it's it still true. like solid on the side so unless they had managed to catch up with it to the extent that they were right in front of it as it drifted past a floor mm. then they wouldn't see that but anyway so they all go herring off downstairs with poirot following a leisurely stroll mm. and then we cut to the fact that jimmy actually just owed I mean, that donovan rather went up one floor yeah <laughs> and it's just like Hey, I gave him a slip. I'm so good at this.
1: <laughs> so Donovan breaks back into uh, the third floor flat, takes back the letter mm. that uh, Pyro had taken from him after he took it the first time, and then climbs into the...
0: World's squeakiest service elevator shaft.
1: Yeah. World's squeakiest shaft. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so obviously when they get to the, the bottom floor of the um, of the building... They find there was no one in the lift, and that it was all a, a feint mm. from uh, from good old Donovan. So they then they hear the squeaking of the service lift. They go down to the basement to check in on that, but good old smarty pants Donovan has climbed into a different lift shaft and is sort of pretending to be part of the wall,
1: which <laughs> and works his somehow. mate
0: doesn't recognise him. Yeah,
1: so actually they don't organise. So loads of things happen at once here. That,
0: well, just lots of stupid things that I don't think would happen in later Poirot's. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that that this would be the sort of scenario where everyone else would go herring off downstairs, but um, Jimmy, uh, sorry, I keep calling him that, uh, Donovan would, you know, do something that he thinks was smarter and then find Poirot waiting yeah, for him. Do you know what I that mean? that
1: was definitely, so because you see... The, the, you see Jimmy and the Bobby and Hastings rush down the stairs and Pyro just starts making his own way and he's got a little smile on his face. Mm. And so I was fully expecting that when, uh, when Donovan pops out of the service elevator, Pyro would just be there. Because yeah. he hasn't rushed. He already knows the left is empty, something like that.
0: Like, I thought he would either be waiting... I thought he was going to be waiting for Jimmy... Uh, for- oh, my God! Donovan. Donovan! I thought he was going to be waiting for Donovan when he broke back into Ernestine's flat to pick that letter up again. And then he wasn't. And then when everyone piled down to the basement and Poirot took longer, you know, waiting mm. and and then eventually left, I, I'd thought that he was going to just wait it out and catch... um donovan in the act of of leaving that way but he doesn't do that either and essentially it, it just feels like a good five minutes of people being inept and not knowing how to cover the exits of well a building. so this is the other
1: thing so when they when they rush down to the basement to the exit for the service elevator hastings doesn't go with them hastings goes outside and so i, I want to talk through this because for the first time in the five episodes we've watched so far i thought hastings was about to do something like and i i love hastings don't he get me does wrong
0: plenty he
1: doesn't really like i I love him to bits and i'm very glad he's there but well because you know he's a military man he's got action background right like he does we've said it before Went he fills <laughs> he fills the, the the dr watson role mm. of the sort of the man of action to the cerebral detective in some ways um except except that he doesn't (laughs) and so when Hastings went outside I thought we were setting up for a moment where even Poirot is wrong about where Donovan's going to go but Hastings is the one who goes outside and catches him and this the camera almost sets this up Mm. where you see Hastings go outside and then you see uh Donovan like nip through an alleyway nearby and then well, the...
0: he because co- he comes out of the building and he's essentially down a side street silhouetted against some smoke. But then he sees Hastings coming that direction. So he just sort of flattens himself against the side of the building, right? Yeah.
1: But the, what I'm saying is the way it's shot is that when it cuts to Hastings, he's looking completely the wrong direction. Yeah. So it kind of says Hastings completely misses him. Mm-hmm. And then walks back to the entrance of the the apartment building as the others are coming out and says, oh, I've checked. There's no one here.
0: Well, none of them can find him and it, it, that just felt so, I just felt like that wouldn't happen in later episodes, right? Mm. Or, you know, even in, I don't know, it just felt a bit inept or a bit weird.
1: I quite liked it. Yeah, but-
0: I mean, I don't know. I think just for me, it just didn't quite fit with what I was expecting based on the The Poirots that I've seen more recently, I guess, because I sort of, I've been through a few rewatch cycles over the few years, but obviously that means that the things that I have tended to see recently have been, you know, the, the long, Mm. you know, feature film style, you know, opulent things of more recent times and they would very much sort of position Poirot as this kind of like... yeah almost a mastermind or the the person who's like three moves ahead in the chess game that you're Mm. playing.
1: It's a, it's that none of them are ahead is the kind of interesting thing. Yeah. It's like, so Donovan, cause I mean, ultimately the, the, scene would work. However, Donovan gets caught and spoilers. He gets caught. However, he gets caught doesn't really matter for the drama. They just need to catch him as he attempts to escape. Mm. So it would have worked if Pyro had caught him. It would have worked if Hastings had caught him and that would have given Hastings his first success. What does happen is Donovan steals Hastings's car. Well,
0: he does kind of catch him. <laughs>
1: well, what he does, Donovan steals Hastings' car, revs it, puts the lights on, And just bolts down the street. At which point Hastings leaps in front of the car.
0: And shouts no.
1: Bellows no at it. It's almost
0: like he's frozen in a star jump shape. Yeah.
1: Then has to jump back out of the way of his own car. Yeah. But the force of Hastings' powerful scream is enough to send Donovan crashing into some pallet crates for some reason.
0: Well, so I think what (laughs) happens is um, Hastings obviously thinks that if he stands in the way of it, he'll slow down right yeah he that isn't what's going to happen because obviously this guy is about to be caught and therefore hanged for murder right Mm -hmm. um so but he doesn't seem to quite want to kill hastings as well so he just sort of swerves off that's what happens right so hastings jumps out of the way just in time but also i think the car is swerving because i think you know
1: yeah it does make a
0: reason to kill hastings it does
1: make everybody involved from donovan to all the people trying to catch donovan look like idiots like (laughs) there are loads of opportunities to this point for someone to catch him
0: it's a proper clown like clown clown investigation at
1: this point it's a shambles
0: yeah (laughs) um
1: but um but they yes he does so he you don't see what happens to to donovan in the crash he gets a bit of a knock apparently Mm. because hastings rushes to the front of the car Because the axle, it's just snapped, sheared straight in half. He's mortified. He's Mm. absolutely devastated.
0: He's, and the thing is though, because that means like he's not even there for the for the full reveal of things because um, because they take goodness sake they take everybody back up again in the lift (laughs) and so and and so they take donovan into um either ernestine or pat's flat i can't remember which it's it's,
1: uh i think it's pat's flat no it's not no it is it's um it's ernestine's
0: okay um but hastings doesn't seem to want to do anything except stand in the lift in a sad manner (laughs) and pat who is about to obviously like lose her fiance to the fact that he's a murdering asshole is like uh are you okay like what's happened you know all of this stuff and all all hastings can tell her is she needs a whole new front end and like just closes the <laughs> lift door on himself and goes and
1: back like, down the lift very um... sadly <laughs>
0: So he is he is in full mourning for his car.
1: Yeah. And a has... woman died, but Hastings' car is in trouble. Uh,
0: exactly. Um but anyway, so then then we find out the full story behind why Donovan would would perhaps have wanted to harm Ernestine.
1: Mm. Mm. mm.
0: And that and is
1: So She's his wife. <gasps> So.
0: But how can that be? Because he's engaged to Pat Matt. Oh,
1: good God. So, uh, we do, we hear this sort of twice because he confesses it, mm. but then we also get a kind of flashback mm. to visit his visit to, and I love this whole sequence, um, Donovan's visit to his estranged wife, Ernestine, mm. um, because he sort of appeals to the men in the room saying like, you know, she was, Because he married her abroad, and then
0: Switzerland, I believe, where apparently marriage doesn't count. Yeah, he says. Um,
1: Yeah, Um, and (laughs) um, and then she sort of, you know, stalked him devilishly, and she she was ever so mean to the woman he ran away with.
0: (laughs) I know. Essentially, it sounds like in. 1930 he was sort of very smitten with ernestine and then they got married in switzerland and then obviously the sheen of that one like you know rubbed off a bit and he decided that he was now firmly in love with um someone else and you know it was entirely unreasonable for somebody not to want to grant him a divorce and entire happiness and sort of you know not to sort of bend to his every will and um and so he's he's been arguing that when you get married in switzerland that doesn't count yeah well that's that
1: is the best line like it is he, he walks in and he's sort of very sort of um pointedly reminds her like but we were married in switzerland um, <laughs> what it?
0: happens in switzerland Iceland stays Steven.
1: in switzerland famously neutral country and <laughs> nothing sticks
0: but uh, anyway so and and she's like actually i asked a lawyer about this and he was just like no that's <laughs> still getting married <laughs>
1: yeah, it's still a thing you are genuinely married oh, yeah. um and so he so he sort of has this posture initially that like he yeah he's pretending he's protesting that he thought that Ernestine was a danger to Pat. Because obviously it is... And it
0: is a bit weird moving into the flat just below your... Rival. Your sort of estranged husband's new girlfriend.
1: Yes, it is weird.
0: Like, but uh, I guess, you know, if he's being a douchebag, then, (laughs) Yes. You... I don't know. It's i i wish that ernestine had had a better outcome from this yeah yeah she, she hadn't got involved with this idiot at yeah, all she uh frankly.
1: so he he says like if you go near patricia i'll kill you and she goes like Aah! she does the um the it shrill made
0: me laugh <laughs> yeah
1: she she does this the, like the laugh that um women in period dramas do at uh like and like men who are about to become fatally enraged um, this happens quite a lot in these shows she goes like ah, oh donovan you are a big prick aren't you and <laughs> at which point so it, this unfortunately is quite a funny moment because donovan has the quietest gun because one of the questions i had earlier in the evening was in earlier in the episode was you know she was shot with a semi-automatic pistol several times like why did no one hear this right in an apartment building
0: semi-automatic it's just a handgun right it's described as a semi-automatic okay. handgun
1: because it's a revolver
0: okay okay um But yeah, and it kind of makes a pop-pop
1: noise. <laughs> it sounds like he's popping bubble wrap. Like,
0: one b- b- cannot hear a gun from a floor away, but one can hear waltzing.
1: Yes, exactly. But, well, uh, maybe maybe it's because the two downstairs neighbours were out and sound only goes uh, down I in Paris building. Yes,
0: no, that's fair. So yeah. anybody on the second floor should have got involved with this because they'd have been like, uh, I don't know if it's relevant to any of the things that you people are doing running up and downstairs. but we did hear two shots quite clearly yeah. earlier on in the evening. But the other
1: reason they wouldn't have heard it is because the gun just sort of goes be, <laughs> a bit <laughs> and um, maybe
0: that is the noise that it would have made back then I don't know I but think I guns were still loud in the past strength... no but like I I genuinely don't know I would be interested I think because you can silence things and then apparently according to uh, all films that I've ever watched that just makes a phew noise you know yeah. from that point onwards
1: <laughs> I've I fired a gun from the 40s and it was very loud.
0: Oh, okay. Were you standing below it?
1: Uh, I was holding <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, that refutes all laws of physics that we know of currently.
1: <laughs> mm. uh, so I would say that the gun would normally be like... Basically, what happens is the gun goes... <laughs> <laughs> the gun coughs. And Ernestine, still mid-smirk, looks down to reveal that she's now partially covered in jam. Mm. And yeah. she just sort of looks at him. And then collapses, and it cuts back to Donovan now holding the gun
0: yeah. in the
1: manner of a of a murderer, which he is, obviously.
0: But then my favourite part is when it then cuts back to the present moment, and then he just sort of says, and then I went to get ready for the theatre. <laughs>
1: it's like... <laughs> it's everything about this sequence, from <sighs> the manager doesn't count, Ethelrude. we were married <laughs> in Switzerland, to got to go time to get ready for the theater is perfect <laughs>
0: god it's a very sort of you know that those very particularly british unemotional murder mysteries where no one is that distraught about a murder yeah yeah so that's that's the reason that uh, that Ernestine was killed and the reason for all of the chicanery with the lift shaft and everything is just because um, she uh, at some point during the, the argument reveals that not only does Switzerland count, but she's going to have that in writing from her solicitor soon, probably by the evening post. Which, Indeed, I mean, you know, the word probably is going to be quite the, the factor here, there yeah. because he has essentially built this entire house of cards upon, you know, the, the fact that they're awaiting him when they break into the house again is going to be.
1: Yeah, there's a alternate version in this where he arrives later in the evening to find the note, but only to find one of those sorry we missed you notices from the <laughs> Royal Mail. And he has to <laughs> kill everybody in the local depot with his little gun that goes, eh! <laughs> That's bleak.
0: (laughs) But yeah, and so then Jap arrives, and Poirot's like, oh yeah, no, we finished.
1: (laughs) Jap just looks sad.
0: (laughs) Jap just looks sad. He's been trying to find a
1: man called John after midnight in London.
0: I know, right? Yeah, maybe he still thinks that he's looking for Johnny Waverly. Yeah. It's like, look, do you know what? I'm just on this permanent John quest.
1: Yeah, Poirot didn't tell him about that one either. No, he's yeah. just like,
0: oh, well, I suppose that's just how my life is going to play out. Maybe
1: right that's why Poirot wasn't too asked about johnny waifley's dad poisoning his wife for purely selfish game because paro is a bit of into the poisoning as well
0: maybe for was just like I'll, I'll log that for later yeah. <laughs> <laughs> useful good good to know <laughs> um but yeah so that's uh that's an interesting one and then um and then we just have the sort of the farewell on the steps where poro is matchmaking again yeah
1: so so obviously donovan gets hauled away by the police to to be executed uh it's implicit
0: not by the police no but right? eventually As, he's going per to the justice system he is going of to ha- time, eventually yeah.
1: hang and um he's he sort of stood between a very sad-looking patricia and uh billy robbie danny kylie jimmy jimmy, jimmy <laughs> um and, <laughs> who says "Who's We're
0: having real problems with the men in this episode
1: <laughs> jimovan um who says like oh, oh dear and his pirate's like go to her God. Yeah, he's he's being Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast. But
0: but Jimmy reasonably it's like but she doesn't want me she wants him like the 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 guy that's yeah. just been taken away because you know they were engaged and presumably that implies something about the nature of their affection for each other or even hers towards him and um but Poirot's kind of yeah yeah but you know he's gone now yeah. <laughs> like you should probably get in there cool. and and so he kind of walks over and awkwardly puts his arm around her and she seems a bit uncertain but goes in with him and yeah. it's like
1: oh <laughs> uh. and just smiles to himself and walks out of shop to the right like my work is done and uh and hastings is leaning over the wreckage of his car
0: it's morning by this point and he just looks so sad yeah. In the front he just mutters i love that he just often. mutters
1: hanging's too good for some people which would normally be a phrase right like just a, yeah. a phrase however he is talking about someone who's literally going to hang so what he's saying is I wish this person could suffer more for what he's done to my car and unrelatedly also the woman he murdered. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, oh, it's not good, is it? And then, um, but but it's not all terrible for good old Hastings, is it? Because this is the thing that finally persuades Poirot to make good on his bet that he failed at because of the theatre.
1: Yeah, so he opens up his wallet and hands Hastings £10 mm. towards car repairs because it's important to Poirot that Hastings... Fix this beautiful machine as soon as possible. And it's genuinely sweet because Hastings kind of looks at him like genuinely grateful in a kind of like, yeah. and just says, you, Thanks, old boy.
0: You've restored my faith in humanity kind of thing because it doesn't take much. No. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's what puzzled me because I, I don't know whether I was, you know, thinking about biscuits again, but, um, was Poirot writing him a cheque when they first got distracted? Yeah, they,
1: and I don't think he finished writing it. So,
0: was he? But he was still going to pay, but just by check. So was he going to like cancel the check before Hastings got it? Because clearly he has money on him. So it's like, so is he just deciding? Oh, I'm not going to screw my friend maybe out he of the money.
1: Maybe he didn't want the inconvenience of having to go to the bank to get more cash out.
0: Maybe. So he thought
1: he'd write a check because it's less urgent.
0: Yeah, or maybe he's just decided to be less snippy about the theatre not being a great sort of experience for. Yeah for detective work or something i don't know but yeah so hastings is gonna put a tenor towards his car repairs so that's him back to being happy again and uh and then we finish off with a trip back to uh to poirot's flat
1: the fifth floor flat
0: 56b Mm. where miss lemon is laying out the cold cure bowl and towel again
1: and and poirot sort of chores like (laughs) huh I do not need that because Poirot is not and could never be sick.
0: <laughs> well, no, he says that he could be sick, but he will never get laid low by, by something as insignificant as a cold. Only the gravest of maladies or whatever it is that, that could possibly afflict Poirot. So he will not be going back under the towel.
1: <laughs> Thanks. No. And, and Miss says, but you were sick yesterday.
0: It's like you've quite a time of it, haven't you?
1: To which he replies whimsically, ah, but that was yesterday. Which, I I love this. I love this so much because it's like, what she says functionally is, that thing you just said is incorrect, isn't it? And he goes, yes and no. (laughs) I'm Hercule Burrow and whatever the fuck I think is true is true.
0: Well, it's just like, you know, I'm no longer dying from lack of mysteries, so I'm not having a cold anymore and I don't need sympathy because I've had my massive, like, evening long chance to parade my solutions in front (laughs) of people.
1: So he feels much better.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's got no sleep and he was apparently getting over a cold, so I don't think I'd feel good in that scenario. He feels
1: great. He solved the mystery. He got to go to the theatre. A pretty girl made him midnight breakfast.
0: I mean, actually, yeah. And I he mean, got to
1: do, and he got to do a good act that made Hastings happy. A and, woman died, but let's let's not. Well, you know.
0: although right, so that means that that floor is vacant again. So he might, you know, he might get a really noisy neighbour.
1: Yeah, but she's two floors below, so you'll never true. hear it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, and that I think is is that.
1: That's the end yeah. of the episode. How,
0: how did you feel about it? All? I
1: really liked this one. <laughs> Everything from the reveal of Poirot's secret poisoning habit to Hastings' sound powers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I I, I thought it was delightful. A mess, but delightful.
0: It felt so... um, Everything was so extreme, from Poirot's sort of flirty faces at Jap to get him to let him into the apartment for a poke around, to the, like, sleight of hand and does this smell like chloroform kind of, you know... (laughs) assault on a person to uh it the the sort of the crooning over the car to it just felt like everything had been whacked up to mm. like full volume that's what i mean of, by like, like, like
1: midnight poirot you know it was like <laughs> that weird hours of the morning where everything's hyper real
0: <laughs> but yeah so and the whole thing is i like it was interesting to have the the reveal sort of drip fed rather than in the mm. in the last minute just everything getting
1: yeah it was an interesting explained. one because it was kind of like here's the murderer we're now going to chase him ineffectively and yeah. then find out yeah
0: i wonder if that was more them sort of experimenting with some action sequences in the loosest possible definition yeah. of action
1: a man shouts at the car
0: yeah, and sort of runs upstairs and downstairs and, you know, stands a, a few feet to his left and then dives to the right, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's the hot new dance craze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was all certainly a thing that happened.
1: Definitely, we watched it. Mm. It's good.
0: Extra of the week.
1: Uh ooh, So I'm going to do it stick with Monopoly Man. I might go with...
0: Oh, also, yeah, the, that lady that we mentioned at the very beginning who was watching Ernestine move in at mm, first does night. pop up towards the end to say, oh, she's only been there a day, or like, yeah, you know, yeah. she only moved in this morning to sort of hammer home that even though this feels like it's been going on for a good old week, yeah. it's, uh, it's only I been a night. I think,
1: um, I kind of want to go with Random Monopoly Man, but I think I will go with the entire cast of the play.
0: Oh. <laughs> I was thinking, like, because Jap is very much treated like an extra in this episode. I don't think he can
1: ever win extra of the week, though.
0: Oh, no, no. But I was just sort of making the point that he has never been less useful (laughs) Mm, than he is in this Mm. episode, I think. Um, I'm wondering whether I'd like to give it to Mildred, because she doesn't get much time. She's only really there to harmonize with Pat, Matt in her singing. And do some waltzing. Do Do some some day waltzing. and, And sort of be there as jimmy's date even though jimmy has the hots for pat poor mildred I, I really feel feel for mildred here so i i think i might i might vote for her for or, or maybe hastings's car mm. <laughs> i think they're both you know sort of much maligned and uh, <laughs> you know don't don't feel great at the end of the episode i would assume
1: she needs a whole new front
0: a whole new front end <laughs> front axle sheared right off Oh. Oh. Mm. but yeah so that was that was certainly a thing
1: that <laughs> happened <laughs> in conclusion yeah
0: yeah. I'm wondering whether to get Tom to watch it when he comes back from abroad
1: I think maybe we, we, he can if he wants to otherwise it'll just live in legend as the one where Poirot poisons a man <laughs> um. <laughs>
0: we maybe should start like a little a booklet of Poirot's crimes hmm Poirot's many crimes. <laughs> Small
1: crimes of Hercule Poirot.
0: Because there was, you know, there was some theft. There was pickpocketing right there, mm-hmm. wasn't there? There was there was assault, which is, you know, the, the knocking someone out, I believe. That, yep. That's definitely a thing. Um, so, yeah, at least two crimes here.
1: <laughs> we'll keep track.
0: We'll try and keep track, yeah. Um, next week, I believe it is Triangle at Rhodes. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And then it's your
1: favorite trouble at sea. Yeah, yeah.
0: peril at sea. Peril at sea. Or problem at sea. Problem, problem at, at sea. sea. Yeah,
1: it's called, that's one of the reasons. I'm, many reasons I like it because it's problem at sea. <laughs> the problem is a murder. <laughs> <laughs> a problem at sea would be like spoilers. We've run out of like we've run out of milk or like something like that. But no, it's it's death. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you know, I think Poirot's got this like sliding scale of what the problem actually is. You yeah, know? yeah, quite. So. But yes, so that is that is what you've got to look forward to next week. Uh, and I believe Tom will probably be back. If not, I will do a Tom impression and see what happens. let yes,
1: look forward to that.
0: <laughs> I know, right? Um, is there anything that you would like to add in about Patreon things or this is made possible by? patreon donations for a completely different project we do that is absolutely in no way linked to murder mysteries involving the british aristocracy
1: no but it is now through uh, the magic of content
0: yes through the magic of just kind of going yeah <laughs> why not
1: <laughs> nobody's seriously complained
0: so, um, we still haven't set up any dedicated, uh, social media for this, but if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, at Creighton Crowbar is, uh, Twitter. And we also have, uh, questions at CreightonCrowbar.com if you would like to just sort of say hello or offer up any of your own opinions.
1: Mm. Well, it might be with... On the P man. Don't, let's not call him the P man. No.
0: No, oh, I really no, don't want no, to call that him the P man. <laughs>
1: um let's not let's not make that a thing we we might be worth saying that we've had a few people ask if we're going to do a question section for this podcast as we do for the other podcasts we Mm do uh i don't well the answer is no but we might do
0: we didn't want it to sort of risk spiraling off into a thing that was longer than the episodes themselves um yeah but i think what we were thinking of doing is uh recapping a season in the manner that we do uh currently and then swapping to or or doing a sort of season finale of people's emails and um if if you you people have any particular insights or want to sort of offer up your own theories or rival uh, contenders for extra of the week, even extra of the series, perhaps. Um Essentially, we were thinking we would do a, a special sort of roundup of yeah. the season slash, you know, opportunity to uh, engage with your thoughts and what you are getting out of this if you are rewatching along with us. Indeed. Hmm. So I believe that is all of our any other business. Yep. So, uh, Chris, if people want to get in touch with you, where can they do that? Uh,
1: on Twitter at C Thurston. That's C-T-H-U-R-S-T-E-N.
0: And I am at Philippa War, which is P-H-I-L-I-P-P-A-W-A double R. So thank you for listening and see you next week. Good night. Good night.